0: On this computer.
1: And what do we go about half an hour or an hour or how longs it go?
0: Uh, we have an hour scheduled, but uh, we definitely okay. won't go over that.
1: Okay. Didn't know. Just asking. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is going to be no fun. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hang on, got it. Preparing the live stream. Obviously, I'll edit this part
1: out. So, does everybody know you guys are mortgage agents, or what? Like, what what, what is the premise of uh, you guys are when we do the uh, when we do the the meeting or the podcast?
2: Yes. Oh, Jeff will start in just a
1: moment. <laughs> oh we had to do beauty and the beast today did we <laughs>
0: nice. and in three two one <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Guide to the Grind, where we talk about money, mindset, and motivation. My name is Jeff Edie. Joining me today, as always, is one of Canada's top mortgage brokers, one of my good friends, and the cream filling to my Twinkie, Mr. Jonathan Tilger. <laughs> Jonathan, how are you today, sir? I'm pretty grossed up by the cream filling part, <laughs> but I <laughs> sound phenomenal. How about yourself? I am fantastic. Uh, also, we are joining with a special guest, Money Mama, one of my good friends, and somebody we brought on the show to class us up, Miss Melanie Rousseau. Mel, how are you today?
2: See, you didn't need scream for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this would not be awesome.
0: Moving on to our guest today.
1: <laughs> oh. I I'm now know
0: Today we have one of my good friends, somebody I'm really excited to have on the show, somebody that I would consider a teacher and a mentor to me, somebody who I've worked with over the years on a number of different deals who taught me a lot of what I know about the private mortgage world and uh, investing in general. He's also an investor and owner and operator in the mobile home community. Please welcome Mr. Jonathan Weaver. Jonathan, how are you today, sir?
1: wore my t-shirt just to represent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I certainly appreciate you joining us on uh, on, on such short notice. Uh, I thank you for your time. And I, I really, after our conversation yesterday, I think there's a ton of value that you have to offer in the space that you occupy. It's one of the Probably most often overlooked areas in real estate investing, and you've certainly opened my eyes to it. Do you want to talk about um, how long you've been uh, an owner, operator and investor in your your property and, and how you got started in that?
1: So yeah, we bought the park uh, we bought the park five years ago. Uh, it was broken. Uh, I mean, I bought it from a 90 year old. actually, I didn't even buy it from the 90 year old. I bought it from his daughter who had power of attorney. Uh, he was he, he had been an absentee landlord so I would call that hobby rather than a business uh, the property was zoned for 400 units they were using fewer than 200 um, so yeah we you know today we have 268 units in uh, the far time next well in in 45 days we will grow by will grow to 300 and by this time next year we'll be 400 units Wow Um So, you know, clearly the opportunity was there, but it would be like buying an apartment building and half the apartments, you know, are only missing, you know, drywall, a kitchen and a bathroom. And you go, why would you not do that? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But, you know, I mean, there are people who buy fixer uppers every day. So the real question is, you know, what do people understand about, you know, modular home living? And, and and you know, I, I call it modular home living rather than trailer park living because trailer park connotates, you know, sort of a negative stereotype, mm-hmm. either, you know, somebody living in a, literally in a travel trailer or, you know, or something, you know, where you expect to see, don't make the bubbles comment about my glasses. <laughs> uh, you know, cause, you know, cause, you know I, you know, I'm, I, I'm going to start working out soon so I can be, uh, you know, I can I, I can avoid being Ricky, or uh, I want to be Jules, right? Uh, yeah. So you know, the interesting the interesting piece of that puzzle, though, you know, financially, is open I mean, if you go look at a you know a, a trailer park, I mean, even at a ten cap. So take mathematics, you can buy a trailer park at a ten cap today. So if it's making a hundred thousand dollars, you can buy it for a million, you know, or a million and a you know, and if you're paying a Seven cap, it's a million and a half. Well, what are you buying? You know, what's your rent revenue? If they get a hundred thousand dollars revenue, uh, net revenue on, you know, a house, you're not. But you're going to buy it for a three cap. So it's going to be, you know, three million, right? Uh, so literally, you can buy them for half price. Um, I wouldn't recommend. Although, unlike a house, I wouldn't recommend buying it. You know with your last 10 cents (laughs) you know because you know there's there is a lot of maintenance and there's a lot of expertise none of which i had when i bought the park but uh the good news is we had additional resources and knew that we were going to spend right i mean by the time we have 400 sites in place you know we will have spent the better part of six seven million dollars
2: wow so what, what were some of the surprises, uh, things that were unexpected that came up when you got into the, to this place?
1: Um, okay. So first of all, I'm going to say something to you right now. There is a sentence or a phrase I will never use again as long as I live. Ready? Yeah. I have seen it all. I will never <laughs> say again. Okay. Never, never, <laughs> never. Never, never, never. Right (laughs) now, you have to understand, I I was a, so here's the surprise. So I, the reason I was interested in a trailer park or a modular home park instead of an apartment building was that I didn't want to look after toilets and, you know, stupid maintenance things. Yeah. You're in that business, whether you want to be or not. Um, you know, I mean, your your target audience, or who ends up in your uh, in living in your community, it tends to be older people who go, I don't know how to do this themselves, and so, you know, they tend to call the park office before they call a plumber or before they call an electrician or what have you. And I didn't, you know, for for whatever reason, I thought, no, we leave all that behind because, you know, I'm in the dirt business. Well. No, I'm actually in the turnkey living business and I end up having to look after all that stuff, uh, you know, whether you want to or not.
2: So as you, as you go through, I guess your various tenants, so what are they doing they Are they leasing a spot off of you? And then they're, they're setting up the structure they want, be it an actual, call it an RV or, or I know some of them will have like a modular home that, that they, they put on there
1: so good great question so that will that answer will vary county to county to county like every jurisdiction will have its own rules our our jurisdiction requires that you have minimum a z240 uh now i'm going to use some csa codes that people can google later on so a Z uh 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 241 is a recreational vehicle or a seasonal park model so it looks like a mobile home but it is not in fact a mobile home it will it means Z241 typically means or by definition means it does not have thermal pane windows it does not have enough insulation to go year-round although structurally or physically it will look very similar uh, we require our, our county requires minimum Z240 which is a uh, uh, a CSA code, um, and Z240, uh, if if you look at uh, mobile homes from 10 years ago, they were 2x4 construction. Today, they're 2x6 construction and a higher level of insulation. So we have all z 2 Well, actually, the park didn't have all Z240s when I got there. We're in the process of making that happen. All of our new homes are all uh, A277s. Which are actually modular homes. So if you were to look at uh, the level of construction, uh, a Z241 is, a, you know, is uh, as someone told me when I lived in an RV for a year with my wife, it's a poorly constructed home going down the highway, shaking, rattling, and rolling. An RV stands for repair vehicle. Okay, so okay, so so that would be Z241. Z240 is, you know, now a two by six construction, very solid, very capable of being lived in year round. And an A277 would be a higher level of construction, which is actually built with the same code as a brand new home anywhere in Ontario. Uh, and in fact, there are zone differences. I, um, you know, I, my business has really grown to, to encompass three things. Um we have primarily land lease, where we, um, you know, we buy the land and we and we lease people a spot. Which is I think the question you were asking, Jonathan. So people will pay me five hundred and fifty dollars a month. That includes sewer, water, garbage pickup, plowing the roads, their their property tax, you know, all those same sort of things that you know people pay for in the you know in just their property tax normally. Uh, well, actually, I guess most people have a property tax bill and a water bill. So what's interesting for people who move into the park is that their park fee is often the same as or lower than the taxes and water bill they were getting on their previous home. Hmm. Um, if I look at uh, I think the other part of the question, I don't know. I forgot the rest of the question, so, <laughs> so you'll, yeah, but I... you'll ask me again if it was important. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love it i love it so let me ask you who 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 leases these from you uh, what who's your tenants
1: so when i bought the park one third of my uh one third of my tenants i when i bought the park we had uh about 80 people living uh in the year-round section and so I would have said to you that uh, one third of those people were living on disability. Uh, one third would have been retired and one third would have been people working. And this was their, you know, where they live. Today, I would suggest of the, 100, uh, the 140 homes, we've pre-sold 125 of them. Um, and I would say 65%. Uh, uh, maybe sixty percent are retired. Uh, Forty percent will be retiring in the next. You know, I would say sorry. Thirty-five percent will be retiring in the next five to eight years. Uh, and you know, about five percent. Uh, you know, are typical working families. (laughs) Although buying an eleven hundred square foot house for two hundred and fifty grand doesn't exist anywhere else in Brand County.
0: That
2: was going to be my next going question. going to ask, how much do they cost? That's exactly what I was wondering. <laughs> and, and, and of those, I mean, you, you mentioned about the, the year-round residents. Do you have, yep. I guess, se- seasonal residents as well, people who view this as this, is, this is a vacation property for them?
1: So it's funny to say that. Um, as of right now, most people are not doing vacation property in year-round, although I do have, I think, three or four. Uh, that it's, you know, that it is, uh, I, I guess, it, yeah, I was going to call it a recreational property for them, that they, you know, that they, they know they can lock and walk and mm-hmm. uh, that nothing, nothing bad is going to happen. Um, I have other people who are snowbirds, uh, although we're, uh, although it's year round, uh, I do have snowbirds. Uh, you know, I've, I have a group of people who like to go to, you know, they have a modular home, they live in a modular home park either in Florida or Texas or Tennessee,
2: because those are
1: three of the places I know that some of my customers go. Um, and then they live in a modular home park here. So for them, it's they own two homes, uh, probably for less than the price it would cost. Well, not probably, absolutely for less than it would cost for a traditional home. Um, and if they look at their monthly cost, it's lower than you know traditional home ownership. So what I'm seeing is a lot of my customers are people who are selling their home in Brant County uh, for six hundred, seven hundred thousand um, dollars, buying something for between you know one hundred and eighty and three hundred grand, and putting four, five hundred thousand into their investment portfolio and enhancing their retirement.
2: And are there additional perks that come with uh, come with? A site like yours, do they have like there is there's a pool and things like that, or is it just basically they get they got the place and that's it?
1: So we've got a 22 acre pond with with fabulous fishing. It's catch and release unless it's a carp, and there's a there's a there's a carp catching contest. So the largest carp gets uh, I think it's five hundred four hundred dollars. Second place is two hundred and fifty dollars, and the third place is one hundred and fifty dollars. And if you catch a carp, we ask you not to toss it back. Uh if you don't want to discard it, we will. Um, you know, and we go down the road and feed the raccoons. Uh, <laughs> but uh you know, we've got we've got uh, small we've got largemouth bass, smallmouth bass, uh pike, uh, and carp. So and, and I think there are I think there are also catfish. I've seen them, but I don't see anybody catch them. So I don't know why they're not catching the catfish, but uh, our largest carp this year, I think was 37 inches and weighed in about uh, something like seven pounds. So wow. a bit of a rod, a bit of a rod bender. Uh, in addition to that, in addition to that, we've got uh, uh, a 3,400 square foot hall uh, where we have, we used to have a, it's funny. I broke the politics of the uh, social committee and instead went to individuals who run individual events. So, you know, there's something going on literally every weekend uh, and different people run different events. I mean, we do a pancake breakfast at least once a month, if not twice a month in summer. Uh, you know, we do we do a, a summer Halloween in the park because we have those 168 summer sites today that uh, are 100% vacation. And I would suggest that my customers... Uh, in seasonal, and, and it's preferable to me this way, uh, are mostly grandparents versus parents. Mm.
2: That makes
0: sense. Kids running around, it said, uh, so. He- That kind of further divides the different classifications of parks, then, because I've been to somewhere. There's a ton of kids running around, and they kind of tend to to gather in packs and uh, (laughs) run run the neighborhood. Which, I mean, if that's what you're looking for, that's great. But you really have narrowed down who your client is.
1: Well, here's what's interesting about that. I mean, there's literally a park not 20 minutes away from me, uh, 55 and older only, right? (laughs) And so here's the, the nice thing about kids you know, or more importantly, grandkids, Okay, is that often the parents will come for a few of the days, you know, uh, you know, like let's 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 go visit Nana and Grandpa and uh, parents stick around for two days and the grandkids are there for a week. Okay, so it it puts youth into the park. It puts events into the park, uh, you know, whereas I look at if you're a 55 plus community, I mean, they roll up the sidewalk at nine o'clock at night right i mean (laughs) there's nothing going on right and so i mean to me we have the benefit of having both uh so that we you know it adds some energy you know to the park
2: so i have a quick question so if they're leasing the land from you and owning their own
1: like so they they have to own their own unit i don't do rentals
2: OK, got it. But then when at resale time, if they want to sell it, I'm curious to see what, what your experience, what is the appreciation equity wise? And how does it work when they sell it? Like they have to have a contract with you to lease the land and purchase the unit. How does it work?
1: So uh, very different between summer and winter. So it's a great question. So the people who are in the six month park. Um, I mean, I have, a, I have a history problem, right? So I have 168 sites and I have a bunch of units that are, you know, as old as me in the park. And we made a conscious decision not to kick anybody out for having an old unit. I mean, I, I looked at it this way and went, if you've been camping here for 30 years, I've owned the place for five. Do I go, hey, your place is ugly, you need to leave? Now, there are lots of park owners who do that. And I understand why they do that. They make more money because they then force people to buy a unit from them. So in seasonal, I do not require that they buy from me. Uh, So they're able to bring in whatever they want. Now, I do still have a history problem because the previous owner let people do whatever they wanted as was the case with a lot of campgrounds. So I have a number of people who have a travel trailer with an add a room that was built without a permit. It wasn't legal when it was built, it's not legal now and it will never be legal and while the county has not enforced the law historically we've made a commitment to the to the county that when people decide to give up their their camping with us that we will in fact demolish you know the adorams and we have a turnover in seasonal camping of about i don't know 10 to 15 percent so you know we've we've let's put it this way my bin bill is over (laughs) <laughs> it's been very good for other people. Now, the real question I think you're asking is year-round living. So we've seen significant appreciation. Uh, I mean, when I first, when I first uh, took over the park, I was anxious to, you know, to, to get revenue. So I allowed some people to bring units in um, and I sold some used units. Well, there are units that I sold for 30,000 that are currently trading for 130,000. So if you had bought four and five years ago from me, you've made a hundred thousand dollars in five years. Uh, you know, so I would say appreciation better <laughs> than even <laughs> the regular than ever the regular uh, resale market. Uh, if you look at realtor dot, and, and these things real, the real litmus test is uh, realtor.CA. So if you look at the lowest cost home on, on realtor.ca in rural communities, Often you'll find that it's a modular home or an older mobile home that has been modified in some way or another. Um, And often you're going to find that it's more expensive okay, than buying a modular home from a dealer. Now, buying a modular home in a park is going to be more expensive than buying one on the side of the road because it comes with a legal place to park it. You don't have to go buy a piece of land. You don't have to go dig a well for 15 grand. You don't have to put in a septic system for forty thousand dollars. Like there's a whole bunch of expenses you don't have that I think people are unaware of and sometimes get frustrated by when they go, well, how come this costs so much more than the guy selling them on the side of the road? And I go, because you can't live on the side of the road, right? <laughs> right? Like it, it's, you know, there is there is value, you know, to being in a community. So I, I would suggest to you that we, you know, anybody who bought from me, even brand new units, has made fifty to to $100,000, depending on the unit they bought. I mean, the bigger you, the unit you bought, the more money you made, dollar-wise. Percentage-wise, it's kind of all over the map. Um, Amazing. But yeah, so in I, five appreciation, years? I would say appreciation in the last five years has been fantastic. <laughs> and, I'm gonna, and I think I'm going to tell well, I know I'm going to tell you why. So if I look at the last... Nine weeks
2: right or the last, even the
1: last yeah well well nine weeks would be or even the last three months okay the last ninety days I mean house prices we've seen house prices kind of falter a little bit from the chaotic you know everybody's overbidding everybody and I've said to people who have bought new homes for me and given me a deposit but haven't necessarily sold their house here in rural Ontario listen you're you may not get The chaotic multi-bid, but let's agree that you know we're still going to have you know 200,000 people move to Canada this year, and they don't move to North Bay, okay? They move, you know, they move, you know, they move into the GTA, right? And so when they move into the GTA, the guy who yesterday got two or 90 days ago got 2.5 million for his 3,000 square foot bungalow. Uh, you know, in Toronto, is now getting $2.2 million. He's still moving out here, okay, to rural Ontario and still paying a premium. Uh, there won't be multiple bids, but there's still going to be premiums. The good news is, you know, when I say 1,100 square feet for 250 grand, yeah, if you're buying a traditional home, it's still 500 grand. Like, it's still double. So we haven't seen the dip because our price point is so low does that make sense
0: yeah, yeah. absolutely jonathan one of our uh, our viewers actually my cousin kathy is asking how many people you have living there now on odsp
1: uh, I'm, I'm guessing uh because i i'm not privy exactly to it uh, although we deliver the mail so i have a good chance a good idea <laughs> um, i i'm gonna i'm gonna say uh i'm gonna say we're probably 58 people
0: Okay, cool. Out of 400 sites or, or soon to be 400 sites? Well,
1: well out of <coughs> out of 250 year-round sites.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I have a, a, a little less uh, technical question here, Jonathan. Knowing your background, mortgage investments, you were one of the first guys that I ever saw uh, selling syndicated mortgages, definitely a trendsetter what was people's reaction when you said i'm moving out of the city and i am buying a trailer park in brant county
1: well i'm gonna use a word people don't like to hear i thought i was retarded
0: um, <laughs> yeah you know, or at least crazy um
1: you know by the way retarded isn't bad right i mean here you know it's set back right like the if too retarded. In the dictionary is to set back, and they go, "Wow, you're taking a step back, moving into a trailer, you know, literally living in a trailer park." And I lived in the park for what the first two and a half years full time. Uh, my wife did not, I'll have you know, but I lived in the park <laughs> for two and a half years full time. Um, and we maintained another residence, and my wife would come visit me for conjugal visits and you know, and entertainment to see where our money was going. Um, but in in real terms, um, you know, it's too bad. Okay, it's too bad that mezzanine financing was branded syndicate financing and destroyed the opportunity. Okay, for people who currently live in a modular home park, if it were to come up to sale for sale, you know, the perfect opportunity would be for the residents to buy the building. Mm-hmm. But since that's been destroyed, okay, um, you know, by because people didn't understand the difference between construction financing, <laughs> okay, and you know the revenues already here dot com financing. Um, it does still provide though a fantastic rate of return, right? I mean, there are people here. Well, here's the and and, and I would say the current market is the sexiest that's ever been. Um, because when banks are charging four and five right a private at seven or eight is not ridiculous mm-hmm. uh, and so people can in fact you know get a for, buy a first mortgage that's you know seventy percent loan to value and get paid every month mm-hmm. you know a recurring revenue stream um you know that's truer today than I ever was and based on the price point of modular homes you know somebody looking to put out $200,000 find someone to put 50 grand down well there's not you know there's frankly not a lot of risk mm-hmm. <laughs> particularly say, say, particularly depend particularly when there's a park owner who will work with you
2: so 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 Does saying that yep so so saying saying that my my question really ties into just what you're saying about financing options um are there options outside of private finance for people who would like to buy
1: with yourself Uh, sadly sadly for you and me um rbc doesn't pay uh mortgage agents Uh, but but they do a fabulous job of offering mortgages they offer uh you know, a chattel mortgage for the same rate, same terms, same, uh, same everything uh, as a, as a traditional mortgage. So I have people in my park paying 2% interest with as little as 5% down. Like it's crazy.
2: Yeah. Back wow. when they got it. Yeah. If they, if they, if they, if they got it a few years ago
1: but right. There, there, right. The, there, there, there are when the rates were two percent yeah
2: yeah I'll, <laughs> I'll just i'll just say there are some options outside of rbc as well which which i have access to so
1: <laughs> oh, no no that's fantastic i was unaware of them i'm glad you know about them um i'm ha- and i'm happy to refer business to you because you know it's funny how some people just oh i don't like rbc for the following reason okay jonathan tilliger is the guy you call
0: Good to know. I love it.
1: I love and it. It was it was worthwhile for me to be on this after all.
0: <laughs> yeah. Aside from getting to see me, come on. <laughs> so well, I, thought,
1: I, I thought you were paying me to see you. Yeah, I, I,
0: okay, so you get to see Mel. She 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 gussies up the show. Correct.
1: Correct. <laughs> Mel. It, it, by the way, you didn't even promise me the hot chick. That was just. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks for making us look good, Mel. Um, <laughs> so how did you deal with all of your your, your colleagues and friends saying that, that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing? What was your mental process at the time?
1: It's, it's super simple. Ready? <laughs> 400 times 500 times 12.
0: Jonathan Tilger? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe maybe you can shortcut us, Weaves.
1: Well, four hundred times five hundred, okay, is twenty thousand dollars a month. Times twelve. Times twelve is two point four million dollars a year. I bought the park doing. I bought the park doing less than six hundred thousand in rent. Wow. I said when I'm finished, ideally. We'll make 2.4 million. Now we won't get there, and we won't get there because the bottom half of the park, the part that's seasonal, uh, the conservation authority won't allow us to go year-round. So I won't get to, I won't get to 6,000 a year per site down there. I'll probably cap out about 4,000. Mm. But you know, if you fall short of 2.4 million a year. You can fall a little bit short of that, still live very comfortably, (laughs) right? Or at least I, at least I am, right? I mean, I know, you know, I know Tilger has a bit of a, you know, swanky life. (laughs) I
2: actually was going to say, Jonathan, what does your wife say about that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, well, I mean, well, here's the thing. I mean. You have to go back if you want to hold, hear the whole story. You you really have to go back 28 years ago. Okay, so 28 years ago, I moved in with my wife. Um, I asked her how much her mortgage payment was. She said five hundred. Uh oh, we're
0: losing Uh-oh. you. We're oh, losing
2: you.
0: Oh, you're back. You're back. You five hundred bucks. Yep. Okay. Well, so my wife's paying 500 bucks a
1: month, and I said, well, I'm paying 1500 rent. Why don't we pay 2000 a month? Fast forward four years later, I, I, I had already, you know, we took all our bonuses from work and everything and paid down our mortgage. And when I, I came home one day and said, I made the final mortgage payment today. Good news, bad news. She goes, what's well, the good news? I go, I made the final mortgage payment today. She goes, what's well, the bad news? I said, we can't eat the living room. <laughs> right, and, and I said, "She said, I don't know what that means." I said, "Well, you have a pension, but I don't. And sooner than later, I'm going to want to not work. And so I think, and we went out and bought our first multi, you know, multifamily residential, you know, leveraging. we went to a mortgage agent, borrowed, you know, borrowed six hundred and thirty thousand uh, dollars. Well, actually, we were, we were, we were approved for six thirty. We only borrowed six hundred and Thirteen thousand, and we paid five eighty nine for a rental property. And at the time, my wife thought, you know, I was borderline insane. Um, But fast forward three, four years later, and tenants are paying on time, and we're building equity. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we bought a second one. We bought a third one. Well, the third one I can sell our house so we could live in an apartment. Now we own the building, but you know we continue to build equity. So, you know, we've sold two out of three, we still have the one multifamily. We sold two out of three um and 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 our prime residents so that we pay for the park. Um mm-hmm. so for us, this is all about retirement income. And it's you know most people aren't going to start at the level I started where they buy the whole park, but they can participate at a smaller level, like they can turn around and go, I only have a hundred grand to lend. Okay. Would you like to hold a first mortgage on a unit where you hold the first mortgage and aren't buried in a concern where you've got too much money tied up? You know, or somebody has got half a million bucks who says, I want to spread my risk over two or three properties. Well, that can actually be done right now again you want to work with a park owner who isn't out to just not care it has to be somebody who goes i understand the value you provide to my property by financing people who want to own and pay me rent consequently if there's a problem collecting rent right we'll coordinate with the mortgage holder so that the mortgage holder isn't left holding the bag does mm-hmm. that make sense mm-hmm. in fact in fact you actually want to work with a a park owner who says, if you have a mortgage in my park, I'll collect your mortgage with the rent. So that if there is a problem, right, we both know about it sooner than later.
0: Mm-hmm. So how many revenue streams, um, both passive and active, have you created by buying this park?
1: Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I'm so glad you said revenue streams because I watch idiots at every... Residential uh, meetup I ever used to go to, okay, talk about streams. And I go, you know, 72 trickles, okay, is 72 problems that aren't worth their while, okay? What you want to have is rivers, okay? Like there's enough income coming that you care, right? Because if you don't care, you're not going to take care of it. Mm-hmm. So I would suggest you, I have three rivers, right? one is right now our rent is about $100,000 a month. Uh number two is we sold 20 we sold about $21 million worth of homes in the last 18 months and we have uh we have nice revenue coming in from holding mortgages in the park and elsewhere.
0: And does the park appreciate uh, at a good rate?
1: Well, The short answer is yes, because we found one that was expandable, right? By the way, a couple of key things. If people want to go out and buy a park and they go, Hey, I found this cool one. Like, uh, now that I, I, like part of my business is selling homes, uh, to other, uh, parks, right? So if they're not a dealer, I say, Hey, you've got three empty spots. Can I sell a home on that spot? And, you know, and you'll get rent because right now you're getting nothing, right? And they charge 500 bucks a month. I go, well, you're losing out on 1,500 bucks a month. That's 18 grand a year. At a 10 cap, right? That's $180,000. You don't have access to it. So yes, as long as you can continue to grow offline revenue with an EBITDA uh, attached to that, uh, and for those looking for What does EBITDA really mean? Yeah, after expenses, right, how much money comes in? And here's the funny thing about a park. You already have a wastewater treatment plant or a septic system. You already have a water system. You already have a manager. So three extra sites is eighteen grand fellow guy because there is no cost attached to it. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Sorry, we, we, you're, you're cutting it out a little bit, but as you're oh, going, but I, we, we got the gist of it.
1: <laughs> so, sorry, sorry. So, so the, the answer is you get upside as, as the value, as the revenue goes up, right? And the overhead doesn't change for a park owner mm. because you already have a fixed overhead. You have a park manager, you have the wastewater treatment plant, you have the, like all that stuff's already there. Three empty sites is just lost revenue.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's something that uh, I have to share because it's just such an interesting tidbit about uh, Mr. Weaver is that uh, Jonathan and his wife, Kathy, Mrs. Weaver, are co holders of a Guinness Book of World Records uh, record for playing the most golf courses in one year. You want to talk about oh, that see, just a little bit? Well, I thought
1: you were going to say, I thought you were going to say, what is the world record for? And I was going to say, my wife and I did something together. <laughs> and then we did <laughs> it there, but you let it say that it was setting a record for most golf, most different golf courses played in a year. Correct. So that's how my wife and I first, you know, when, when I talked about, you know, driving a poorly constructed home, we had a 38 foot <laughs> diesel pusher, um, that, you know, it's so funny because I look back now that was what 2008, yeah, 2008. So we, we bought it in uh, February 2008. And we, uh, we hit the road March of 2008. And before we left on the road, the guy who sold us the RV, the dealer who sold me the RV, Sicard, nicest guy in the whole world, said to me, you have to buy a warranty. And I go, well, why would I buy a warranty? I'm only going to have it for a year. And he's the one who told me, you're driving a poorly constructed house. And trust me, the, I think the warranty, the warranty cost me $7,000. And I think, it, you know, I think we did $27,000 worth of repair. So, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. You know, I very much learned, you know, I very much learned that you have to listen to experts. Um, and experts <laughs> who, well, I mean, listen, there's a big difference between an expert at, uh, you know, Best Buy trying to sell you a warranty on your headset. Okay. Uh, you know, there you go. I don't know, my last headset's 27 years old, it still works. I, I don't know why I would buy a warranty on that. Uh, versus somebody who goes, let me educate you about what you're buying, and why a warranty makes sense. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, is not unlike, you know, to to, to you know to, to send a kiss Jonathan's way. Um, you know, why would people not call a mortgage agent? You know, the, the worst but the worst truth in the world, okay, is that when people buy a home in my park, there are 37 things to learn, and one of them can be don't buy the wrong mortgage to fit your life. I mean, Jonathan, as you know, people who have the capacity to pay extra per year, people who have the capacity to pay it off, There there are, there are a number of reasons why people shouldn't sign the wrong mortgage, including... You know the uh, the advice I was giving. You know, I said yes, you can pay cash, but why wouldn't you? Yeah, you know, you're buying a three hundred thousand dollar home. Get a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage. Put it in a put it in. A, you can put it in a GIC at that time and make two and a half percent. Well, on two hundred thousand dollars, that's five grand a year. I go that practically pays your park fees. So I think having a, a mortgage agent, and I assume. You know, Ms. Money over here probably has ideas about where money could go and should go. Uh, and, and to me, that's the biggest benefit of living in a park because you're freeing up capital. But if you don't put it to work, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And we're uh, we're nearing our hour here, so I, I want to ask probably the the you know, one of those questions that you'll have multiple answers to. What was your biggest challenge buying this park?
1: Oh, how stupid I am. I I mean, when I say I'm stupid, I knew nothing about electrical. I know nothing. I still know nothing about plumbing. I know nothing about septic systems. I know, like, I don't know, right? Like, I don't know, right? And so the first year was literally calling people and, and you know, and, and it's how I've cheated in life every time. So I literally called four guys who had parks bigger than mine and said, can I buy you and your wife dinner? I need to ask you a bunch of questions. <laughs> right? and That's question fantastic. Was, right. And the first question I, I bought the, I mean, I bought the guy and by the way, half the guys were like, dude, just come out and see me and bring a case of beer. Uh, (Laughter) <laughs> So, so I would literally show up with a case of beer, right? And he'd go, okay, sit down. And he, we'd open two beer and he'd say, okay, so what's your first question? I go, okay, how long have you had, the, like a first question, how long have you had your park? I would say, well, the first guy said, well, it's, it's been in our family. So it's been in my park my whole life. I go, okay, when you became an adult, what was the first thing that you wish you knew, you know, before you decided to be in the park? Right, and he goes, "Oh man, you know." And so, what are you know? I basically asked for what are the disasters I need to avoid, right? <laughs> it, it, it wasn't what are the home runs I can hit. It was what are the disasters I need to avoid to stay alive, right? And so they gave me a number of things that I immediately went, "Holy crap, that costs more than I thought!" Like. Me buying Tonka trucks as a kid was, you know, liking Tonka trucks as a kid was one thing when I went out and bought my first Caterpillar 906H, by the way, the fact that I know what that is, a problem. okay, by the way, I had brown hair, no beard, and I wore, you know, a collar shirt with a collar on, okay, that's where I am, okay, so back then, right, I was like, I don't even know what that is, but I'll go get one. Right. And so, and so today, you know, to me, before people run out and buy a park, you know, they may want to start by owning mortgages in a park and seeing, (laughs) you know, what goes on, or they might want to joint venture with someone who already owns a park and say, Hey, you know, I don't have enough money to do all of this myself, but I want to be involved as an owner. You know, what could that look like? Mm-hmm. And so, to me, there are a number of, you know, what should I do, right? Th- that that will help them avoid pitfalls. Like, oh. like I, I didn't know, you know. I mean, it seems stupid. In your house, if you don't heat your house, pipes freeze. Yeah. When you own a septic system spread across sixty acres, yeah, it's worse. Let me tell you, <laughs> Like, and, and septic problems are problems, you know, starting with it smells, right? Like, and when you discover that it smells is the least of your problems, right? That, you know, that's when you go, okay, I'm paying attention now, right? Uh, <laughs> right? Like, it's it's crazy, but it's also true of anything else in life. There are no shortcuts. Like, do it right the first time know what your end game is knowing that and, and by the way and not everyone will listen so a perfect example is my my water treatment guy the guy who took after took care of my potable water when i bought the park i said it's zoned for 400 we're gonna have 400 don't sell me anything that won't look after 400. so i bought a water softener and a guy, and the next water, the next technician came in and looked at my water softener and said what's that for and I said, well, it's looking after the water soffering for the park. And he goes, for the first 10 minutes, maybe. And I'm like, what do you mean? I spent 30 grand on this. And he goes, well, it's not close to taking care of what you want to take care of. So I called the guy up who sold me the water soffering and said, hey, um, <laughs> like, this isn't big enough. Why did you sell it to me? He goes, well, your well pump is too small. And I go... Well, how much is a well pump? He goes, Well, wow, they're kind of expensive. I go, Well, how much is kind of expensive? And he goes, Well, they're like three grand. And I'm like, I spent 30 grand on water softening. You think I wouldn't spend thirty three grand on a bigger pump? He goes, Yeah, but then you would he goes, but then you would have spent fifty grand on the water softener system. I go, yes, but it would have worked. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, but, but I mean, let, let's be honest, people make those same mistakes with their personal automobile every day. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they go, hey, do you want to buy a used part or a, new, you know, or a factory part? Do you, you know, and in between is like a new part somewhere else. So I think, you know, we may, sometimes we make decisions financially. That are not good for us, <laughs> right? That because it's based on limited knowledge, right? So, yep. you know, my first advice to anybody doing anything, right? And, and the neat thing about for you two, for for Jonathan is he charges nothing, right? Like it's free to talk to Jonathan. It's free to use Jonathan because you know because the because the lender because the uh, lender pays him, unless. You can't get money anywhere else, and then you're paying Jonathan to make something happen that could not otherwise happen, right? So Jonathan has an advantage. I have no idea how Mrs. Money works. You know, <laughs> well,
2: money, mama. I, 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 I got to well, thank you for all the plugs today. This, this is phenomenal. I mean, you, got to be a guest all the time.
1: I know, but, but, but Jonathan, you know that I. Well, I mean, having been a mortgage agent, right? I, I, know that people don't understand how it works in Canada. They go, "Hey, there's five banks." I mean, I can walk to all five of them and figure it out myself. And what they don't understand, what, what John Q. Public doesn't understand is that frankly there are institutional lenders like insurance companies and other you know institutions that are putting money out cheaper than the banks today. Yep. So, and people go, "What?" <laughs> like it's a surprise to them. Now, at the end of the day, people don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And, I, and to me, that was the biggest problem when I bought the park. Now, the good news is I bought the park broken enough that I knew I got it, and I knew how many sites I could have, which meant as long as I could fill the sites, I could afford to make the mistakes,
2: mm-hmm. right?
1: I mean, the, the oldest, the oldest saying in the world is true, right? You know, sales covers a multitude of sins, right? So you know, look <laughs> at a guy, it, take look at the guy making three hundred grand a year versus the guy making a hundred grand a year he can make a few mistakes and it won't, you know, and he's not wiped out. You know, I look at, and to me, the worst part is Q Canadian makes household family income, 70 grand. They need, you know, to me, you know, with the stock market being up down all around, I look at private lending as, you know, wow, I can make 7%. and, And in the darkest storm, I still make 7%. You know, the stock market, you know, your friends will go, Oh my God, the stock market went down 30%. And I go, Who cares? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, house prices went down 12%. And I mean, I don't care. I'm getting my 7%. Right. So, and, and by the way, I mortgage agents mostly because I don't understand financial markets. Like if a financial analyst could say to me, Okay, this year it's going to be rough. We're going to make four. I, you know, I maybe could live with that, right? Not, well, I have no idea and I don't know which ones are going up. I don't know which ones are going down. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's not exactly where I want to put my money, right? So when I look at real estate in general, and by the way, let's talk about the difference. You know, you'll know we sold off everything except for our one multifamily. We kept the one multifamily intro this and and sold the single family home, right? We lived in a single-family home. We sold it rather than continuing to pay down the mortgage because I had no idea what was going to happen to it. It had it had spiraled upward. like In comparison, and the perfect example is if I look at, we didn't even have a 6,000-square-foot home, okay? It was probably half that, okay? And my multiplex is a 6,000-square-foot building, and my multiplex is worth less than half of what the home is sold for, right? So you say to yourself, it doesn't make sense, right? I've got a, I've got a multiplex that pays me you know, more than $10,000 a month and it's worth less than half a single family home of the same size. Oh. Now, I'm addicted to income as opposed to square footage for my personal use, which is not to say I want to live in a cardboard box, but you know, I'd rather have more money at the end of the month than have more room, you know, to go in the corner and cry in. I, you know, like that's just me personally. But I and I think it's true for most people. You know, if you look at the masses, you know, are making the masses are making under a hundred grand a year. And I think there's been no better time than today. Okay, because when there's volatility, there's opportunity. Mm-hmm. or whether it's education, you can find security okay. to, get to weather the storm. And and I think by listening to a podcast like this or anybody else's, you know, you have to listen to more.
0: Than one opinion? <laughs> 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 you got kind of ah, like Oh, no. oh. The
1: sentence <laughs> one,
0: you know. Uh-oh, we're losing you, Weaves.
1: Sorry, You know what? That's because my phone rang. Sorry. Oh, okay. You know, I, I, want, I, want, you know, I can't afford computers and headsets like you. Okay. I'm busy, I, I'm busy eking it out. Okay. So. I'm eking it out out here.
0: So. Um, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. All right, what I was going to say is uh, we're coming to the end of our hour here. Is there anything you want to, any advice you want to leave people with? And then after that, who are you looking for and how can they find you?
1: So the short answer is, if you have financial goals, and whether you're watching this podcast or 13 others, phone them, phone the experts, and ask them how to do it. And if you're able to do it, and it makes sense, do it. Now, I wouldn't go with the first person, believe them, and automatically do it. I'd probably want to talk to two or three, and if they all say the same thing, then there's probably something to it. You know what I mean? Um, By the way, uh, you talked about syndicate mortgages. I lost 400 grand. So, you know, we all make mistakes too, right? Um, But I learned the difference between the revenue is already here and maybe the revenue will come someday. So I learned to go with stuff that isn't all that sexy. Uh, In fact, the less sexy it is, generally the more secure it is. And so when I look at who's looking for me, you know, obviously, you know, if you're looking, if you're looking for to live in 200, if you're looking to live in 1,100 square feet for under $260,000, come see me. Um, If you're looking to, you know, if you're looking to lend money, you know, to a single mortgage. Uh, I mean, I only have a few in my park for sale. Someone like Jonathan would have certainly more options for them. And I, you know, and I don't know the market Jonathan chases, but if you're looking with a smaller amount of money, you know, uh, you know, sub 200, uh, if you're looking to put up sub 250,000 or if you're looking to put up 200,000 and less, you know, I'm a park owner that, you know, will probably attach you to someone, you know, who will borrow from you with enough equity, you know, to give you security. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And how do people find you? We've...
1: Uh, 416 528- yep. 8028 Sorry, 416?
0: 528-8028. Fantastic. Fantastic.
1: If now, call JT. Call, heavy. Okay.
0: So, sorry, what was that?
1: I have your call with a crank call. Just breathe heavy.
2: mel jt anything you guys want to say to wrap it up hey thanks uh thanks jonathan phenomenal having you on here as a guest learned a lot you're uh you're definitely an interesting guy i i mean i i've met you met you a couple times in the past i know jeff knows you a lot a lot better than i do but uh but yeah just fun having you on here so thanks for being our guest yeah thank you first time. First time I meet you, but I feel that I've known you before. And again, super amazing information. Um, you know, I'm thinking already, who do I know? So,
1: well, you know, it, well, here's the thing, you know, if you want to have it back, maybe we pre-plan what we're going to talk about. So I sound a little less, you know, frenetic, uh, you know, and, you know and, if you give me, and if you give me more than 12 hours notice, I might even shave. You
0: know. <laughs> Your legs?
1: <laughs> and 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 if you see me, if you see me, listen. It'll be after the 18th of next month, so I won't be wearing glasses anymore. I'm going for the Ooh. I'm going for the cataract surgery to you know, or well, I don't have cataracts, but I'm going for the cataract surgery to do permanent uh, solution for uh, for uh, eye for vision because you know wearing Coke bottles, you know. Is stylish, but you know, not not, uh, not fun.
0: Not way near, not way near an old mobile home park.
1: <laughs> well, not. Well, listen, it's honestly, it's mostly for the golf course. I can't, you know, I, I can't, I can't play golf in bifocals, and I can't shoot one hundred and fifty yards without glasses. So I have no idea where half my shots go. I just wander out
0: there and hope I find it. Well, I know you're a heck of a lot better player than I am, but that's how I work too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, thank you so much. Jonathan Weaver, it's been an absolute pleasure to see you again, my friend. Uh, We definitely want to have you back. We'll we'll, uh, get another appointment set for you. You you heard it there. If they want to get a hold of you, the number is 416- 528-8028.
1: 528-8028.
0: Fantastic. Thanks so much. If you want to know more about Melanie, you can certainly find her at moneymama.to.com And you can know more about Jonathan and I at guidetothegrind.com. Thanks so much for listening. Have a fantastic day. We really appreciate your time. And we will see you soon. <laughs>